Hi, welcome to Claybrook Chats with Barb. As we sit here in Claybrook and chat, I will introduce you to some of my creative and interesting friends who live in a small community in Northeastern Ohio. Hopefully as we chat, you'll learn something new or educational, maybe humorous, but always positive. My goal is to have you pause at the end and say, wow, I didn't know that. And just maybe you will tell some of your friends and family about it and come back and listen to my next Claybrook chat. Talk to you later. Bye. Welcome to Claybrook Chats for another Meet Your Candidates interview. Today I am chatting with Linda May, who is running in the upcoming 2023 election for a position on City Council in East Palestine. One of the guidelines that I set when starting Claybrook Chats was that I wanted to avoid talking about politics, religion, and that little train incident that we had. However, I've had several requests from you about interviewing the candidates. I want to go on record that I announced that I will interview any local person running in this election, but they have to contact me. It is entirely their choice to participate in a podcast. I want to be very open and state that I am not endorsing any candidate for any office. I am declaring myself and Claybrook Chats to be non-politically involved. With that being said, please take time to learn about all the candidates who are running and be sure to vote. Well, hi, Linda. I want to thank you for stopping by today to chat with me about your decision to run for city council. Now, your situation is a little bit different because you're because you're already serving on council. But I noticed that your yard signs keep saying keep instead of elect or reelect. Uh, do you want to explain that to me? Am I, am I confused about something or? No, Barb. Good morning. Uh, let's just explain about the signs. In 2021, I was appointed to council to fill a vacancy and under our rules and regulations for the village, you finish that person's term and then you have to decide to run for the remainder of the term. So I served one year and last November was elected after the appointment to finish out the previous council person's (laughs) term. This is confusing because we had to ask the uh, prosecuting attorney to help explain it to us. So the idea was that people weren't reelecting me in 2022 uh, because I was already serving, but they would be electing me for 2023. So decided that the word keep indicated that I was serving, but clarified the appointed and elected situation. That's good that you decided to stay with us. I'm happy I did. Okay. Um, As I've explained to the other candidates, the majority of my Claybrook listeners are over 60 years old. And I started, you know, getting the idea to have these interviews because they're not much into social media culture and they're not getting the information or getting to know who the people are who are running. So this chat with me just gives you the opportunity to let them get to know who Linda May is and why they should vote for you in November. So why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about who is Linda May? Linda May grew up in East Palestine. I went to school and graduated from East Palestine High School. My family is from here. Um, My uncle, Don Smith, was a council member at large and later served as mayor. Um, So we've long 
roots in the community. Um, I left, I began teaching in East Palestine High School and served there for a good many years and then decided to make a change in career path and I worked for the Ohio Education Association. And my job there involved dealing with finances and budgets, negotiating collective bargaining agreements, um, presenting cases in arbitration, working in mediation, and also training adult learners. So it was a vast number of things and skill sets you were expected to develop. And I found that's been very helpful as I serve on Village Council. Great. So I guess I really should ask you, why do you want to run for, for city council? Or is it city council or village? It's village council. Village council. It's village council. So far. Mm-hmm. Unless so we get far. some more people. Yes, we've got to get a few hundred more people. Um, I really enjoy working for people. Uh, that's been my entire career path from my graduation from uh, Ohio State up until today. I like working with people. I like helping people whenever it's possible. People have said to me, well, with the train derailment and everything, are you still going to stay with it? Absolutely. Uh, We've got projects started and I want to continue with those projects. And I feel that I have the experience now as a council member, plus my previous work experience gives me some strengths that I hope I can use to help our residents and our community. Okay. Well, and this time it'll be for four years. Yes, before four you have years. to hit the trail again. <laughs> <laughs> so then you've been around for a while, a couple of years. So what do you see as the biggest need in East Palestine right now? I mean, things have changed obviously because of the yes. incident with the train. And what do you see as some of our community strengths that we could use to help us recover? When I first joined council, on the appointment, one of my first concerns was dealing with blight. It seemed like we had a lot of vacant buildings, a lot of vacant businesses, houses, and I wanted to work to clean that up. And as a council, we were able to improve the legislation to clean up some of the blighted areas. And that takes time. There are all sorts of safety regulations, and but it's a work in progress and we are moving forward with that. Since the derailment, I think it's really important that we look at, uh, let's get through the cleanup and then let's look forward. We need to survive and then we need to start to strive. We need to rebuild the community and move forward as a community. We need to improve housing opportunities, job opportunities, business growth. Um, We need to work with our young people. We need to We educate so many of our students and they go off and live somewhere else. And we need to keep some of those bright young minds here in our community to help our community grow. Um, And don't forget us old folks. And absolutely. (laughs) I'm one of the old folks. I'm older than you. Um, So, yes. So we need to we need to work as a community. And I would like to see us to work with more community cooperation. I think there are people that want to help and we need to find those people and because there are areas where they could help us. Good. Well, that kind of sums it all up. There's a lot of uh, potential needs out there and we all have to pull together and see what we can do. I think that people have pride in the community. Um, There's always been a willingness to help somebody if they needed a helping hand. Um, So I, I really think that those are strengths that we have. People help their neighbors, people help their family, they help their friends. And that is the thing, that key 
nugget. It's, you know, money's nice. It's very helpful. But that key nugget of people being proud of their community. And nobody is prouder of this community than the students. They are proud to be Bulldogs. And we need to keep them in mind as well as people in my age demographic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, since, you know, communication is something that we found out is very, very important. So um, what kind of ideas do you have or how would you plan to keep the residents informed about the decisions being made by local government and helping to educate them a little bit on how does government work? I've, since I worked for a school, I understand nothing happens overnight. And there are a lot of, when you mentioned about the blight situation, it takes a long time from when you decide to do something mm -hmm. that you actually do have the authority and everything in place to start taking action. And a lot of people don't realize that. Well, I think that some people use social media. Some people are reluctant and I understand that. I would like to have an opportunity to meet with various civic groups. I don't have to take over the entire meeting, just maybe a few minutes and listen to people's concerns, listen to their ideas mm -hmm. and exchange some information. Um, one thing that people have commented on is why are there so ex many executive committee meetings? And you know, working with school systems, personnel matters for schools, local government have to be conducted in executive session. And, uh, that's just the law and we have to abide by that. The other issue is letting people know, and it's usually in the paper, there are updates, but we post the council minutes again on social media. So I like to hear from people. If you don't do the social media thing and you don't follow the East Palestine information page, how would you like us to communicate with you? What, well, how could we reach out? We're now working with a public relations firm. But even so, these are professionals. We need to know some things from the people that live here. How do you get information? How can we bring that so that we can relay information back to you? Well, and short of you knocking on their door and going, hi, I'm here to tell you what happened at the council meeting last night. That's not possible. And, you know, people complain about not being exactly. notified. But don't forget that they have to take a little bit of responsibility on their part to find a way to learn about what's going on. Um, you know, they can complain all they want, but if they don't make the effort um, and there are ways out there for them to learn about it, you know, it, it's a two way street there. You can put well, as much out there, but if they won't take the responsibility to read it or understand it and just make statements that are just not exactly true. One of the things I've learned being on council is that there are so many regulations and council, because we're responsible not only as council members, we are responsible for the community. So there are things that we can't get on social media or even in print media and share because there have to be steps taken to sort of parse through what are the legal, what's legal information to share and you can't just, you have to go through the proper channels to share some information. Um, and it will be shared when the time is right. For example, to share the minutes of a council meeting, you have to wait until it's approved at the next council meeting. So that's usually a two week lag because council meetings are the second Monday and the fourth Monday of every month. Mm -hmm. 
uh, just a little in, in, in December. I think the fourth Monday in December is Christmas Day. So obviously there will be right. some adjustments for that. I'll make that change. Yeah, I don't think people realize that either. That Oh, and the fact that you have to do uh, more than one reading of yes. regulations. You have to put it out there, what, three times? Three so times. So people have the opportunity to comment on it. Exactly. So it makes it seem like, well, my goodness, why couldn't they get that done? Well, mm -hmm. because you have to follow all those regulations. Yes, and that's important to have community feedback. Mm -hmm. So if there are questions, people have an opportunity to express them and get an answer, hopefully. Well, continuing on with communication, how important do you feel it is to develop communication and even partnership with neighboring communities? Or, you know, what are some areas you could see as beneficial to pursue? I've had the privilege of being in a position because I chair the development and, and finance committee of taking on some responsibilities in that arena. I attend the Port Authority meetings and the Port Authority is the Columbiana County Port Authority. And the Port Authority tries to bring in new business to everyone in Columbiana County. And the leaders from all of those communities attend various meetings. We're working to develop grants and what we would like to see as a Port Authority is have Columbiana County become a destination center. We would like to have events, social, cultural, recreational, that people would come and stay overnight, use the biking trail, uh, go to various public events, plays, musicals, whatever is out there. And we're, a few miles west of Pittsburgh, we're south of Cleveland. A lot of city people are looking for a pleasant environment that we offer here in Columbiana County. We are rural, but they're looking for that scenic destination where they can kind of kick back and relax, or they can head on into Pittsburgh or Cleveland if they want to do the symphony, those kinds of things. So. Everyone is working together and we've all got ideas and we're sharing ideas and that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. And there's other groups out there that are studying things and looking yes. at possibilities. You know, because you've helped us with the um, Great Lakes Rural Committee on uh, Appalachian Affairs and that group is working with us. It's their committee. They are funded by a foundation and this is the group that helped Columbiana. At uh, one time, a few years ago, Columbiana had 14 empty storefronts. They have no empty storefronts today. Mm -hmm. uh, this group is also working with Salem. They're working with Lisbon and they're working with East Palestine. Um, so they have set up with us. We have a group called the Think Tank, which is a core group. And then we reach out to various leaders in the community on specific topics. We're working on education health and safety, uh, working on business, uh, recreation and cultural and civic groups. And there's a survey that's being conducted right now. It's called the Envision Survey. And you can get a hard copy at the village office or at the public library. And the way station is helping with that as well. Mm -hmm. And it, it looks like a lengthy survey, but it's not. It's actually, the print size is actually legible you can actually read it <laughs> i noticed uh, which it's is nice a, yes. which is important <laughs> and it's also online for people that would prefer to go online and 
we want a sense of what is the community. This is a part of that communication piece. Mm -hmm. How communicate with us. What would you like to see the community do? Give us your ideas. There's also a second survey that is going to go out to students because they have a lot of ideas. That's true. They did a one hour documentary on YouTube. It was wonderful. And it's great. Yes. People haven't seen it yet. I keep hoping maybe we can do a function with the library or some organization so more people that maybe don't do YouTube and those things could actually see this. Mm-hmm. So, and and that survey didn't ask uh, negative things. It asked about your feelings about social me- social events exactly. and activities. And it was kind of nice to answer because I thought, oh, I never thought about that, but I'd like to have that here. And I I think we've got such a wonderful facility in our public library. And with the changes in the park, uh, the amphitheater, uh, you know, remediating, maybe not remediating is the right word, but uh, giving some TLC to the community Mm -hmm. center, things like that then we can start to bring in more recreational and cultural things that I think people really enjoy here. And they have need, we need to provide that access. Wonderful. Good. Okay. Um, and we've talked a lot in a way about how to improve communication between council and the residents. Um, Mm -hmm. any other thoughts on that? Since that was one of the questions I had, I just think that if we can, um, work with the public relations firm, Uh, they can provide a lot of the professional expertise, but I really think we need to hear from residents. You know, do they, they use print media? Uh, Do they watch television news? And if you're not into the social media and many people aren't, how can we reach out to you? And I think some of the questions on this survey address that, but they could also reach out to, by making a call to village hall we can get a message and get back to them if they've got ideas or suggestions for us. I think we need their input. Communication should work both ways. We should be talking to them and they, we want them to be talking to us. That's true. So why do you believe you're the best person for this job? I believe I'm the best person for this job because I've been serving for two years. I've seen firsthand uh, what the devastation was. Uh, I know that the cleanup is going to be extremely time consuming uh, and it's going to be done uh, as thoroughly and efficiently as we can do it, but it's going to take time. And I think they've made great progress. Um, Some of the efforts to bring additional people in to supervise and report back to the officials who maybe don't need to be here physically, but they need they need eyes and boots on the ground to see what progress is being made, where there may be some issues that people do need uh, some assistance with and provide that assistance. I think it's critical. I think that I'm qualified because I just have a love for this community. I've, uh, because of my career at one point, I did live elsewhere and I really wanted to come back home. I was able to do that about 15 years ago. And to me, the community provides a lot and we need to give back to the community. People here gave things to me, uh, to help me, uh, in high school, to help me get to college and, and get my degree. And I want to do that for other people. I want to help our young people get there. I want to make sure that our elderly people have 
facilities for their health care and for them to live safely and comfortably. My mom's 94 uh, and she's living at Covington mm -hmm. and she's she's like a little Timex walk watch. She just keeps <laughs> on ticking. Um, so that's what I want to do. I think we need to give back to the community. I think I'm qualified because I've made those steps to interact and build networks with people in other communities in the area. And I, those are continuing to grow. They have now provided me with additional information as to who can I reach out to? Oh, this person knows this person. This person knows this person. Um, as you know, because you attended some meetings, the think tank with the uh, Great Lakes Rural Group, uh, both the mayor and the city manager of Columbiana have attended some of those meetings and shared with us their experience with that particular agency and what it's done for them. Yeah. They've also expressed, when I talked to different leaders in other parts of the county, they keep saying, it could have been us. Yeah, that's true. And you took, we took the bullet uh -huh. here in East Palestine. And so they've been very gracious about ways they can help. So I feel I've got that network base. I think my work experience has given me, I've had to mediate with people. I've presented cases in arbitration and I've learned to deal with people that have different aspects and different perspectives on life. And I think we need to keep an open mind and reach out to the community members. I've done that. The derailment didn't scare me. I'm here for the long haul. And, um, I'm just really hoping that people will recognize that and realize I'm sincere about helping. Wow. <laughs> uh, what would you, let's, let's look ahead. You know, we're both getting a right. little bit older. Uh, what would you like to see our community look like in 10 years? In 10 years, I would like to see us achieve city status. I would like to see more housing, for working and professional families. I would like to see more of our young people returning back to their hometown. So many of them communicate with me that they really, they're living away, but they would really like to come back, but they need job opportunities. And we need to work to create some economic development. And that's part of what RCAP can help us with so that we can bring them back and they can raise their families here. I'd like to see this community not just have survived this derailment. I'd like to see that it's actually we're thriving and we're moving forward. Uh, we have several projects. We just had the ribbon cutting at the uh, old pottery, the old JSAR plant. That ribbon cutting means that we are bringing in a training center to train first responders. And there's one center now, I believe it's somewhere in Colorado. There's nothing, it's the only one. And our first responders need to know not only how to deal with the day-to-day -day events, but they need to know what do we do with these trains carrying all these chemicals and trucks coming through with chemicals and all the other products they may be carrying. This center will bring people in to train and hopefully it will help boost our economy. I think people don't understand that the fire levy that's coming up. Norfolk Southern replaced the equipment that was lost with the exception of one truck that we had already ordered and they do not cover the operation costs. And that renewal level for the fire department 
covers the operation costs. And we as a community, that's our responsibility. Norfolk Southern is responsible legally for what they destroyed, mm -hmm. what was lost, okay. the equipment yeah. that we're no, we know was so severely damaged it had to be replaced. So I hope people remember that when they go to the ballot box that mm -hmm. this is simply a renewal and we don't have additional funds. Um, we don't, the money that came in from all those wonderful organizations like the, um, the 5K run, uh, the golf outing, all those things, it said comes to East Palestine and it did. And those agencies, those groups generously provided where the money went. Mm -hmm. But when it said it came to East Palestine, it did not come to the village. This is not a cushion of money that we as village officials have to operate functions mm -hmm. of government for the village. We're still responsible for street cleaning, you know, mm -hmm. water, water replacement, mm -hmm. things like that. Well, and I think in my mind, I still want it to be a nice, safe place to live. Um, I feel comfortable here. I don't have any intention of leaving and I've lived here all my life. And that comfort level, especially here in my neighborhood, is spent with a lot of people that have moved in from Pennsylvania. They like it here. Uh, it's, it's, well, it's all small town America, basically. This um, is, we do our hot dogs and our beer and our desserts and we have our flags out and, and it's a nice place to be. Well, I have friends that are going to be traveling and they know that their neighbors will look out for their house while they're gone. Very they don't have to hire a sitter to sit there 24 seven and live at their house while they're away. Mm -hmm. um, I think that what I want is the time when we grew up, this was such a great town to grow up in. And I think that we need to attract and, and maintain the families who say, this is the kind of environment I want my child to grow up in. I want them to be able to walk to school or hop on the bus to school. I want them to be able to go to the park and go swimming and play tennis. And I was at, I sold raffle tickets at the Rotary soccer event Sunday and oh, the number of kids, it was amazing. And they were just having a great time. I don't know with the younger group, how much uh, they, they weren't ready for professional soccer league yet, but they were just having a great time and their parents and their grandparents and aunts and uncles were there to watch them. Mm -hmm. So it was this family event and you don't, I've lived in larger areas because of work and you don't find that there, right? Everybody's scattered, but we still have people that have been here for generations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here in uh, Claybrook, we get a, we have a neighborhood get together every so often. We just had our party in the sack which is a party in the cul-de-sac. Yes. And it's it's nothing more than a, a group of people, the neighbors getting together to know each other, and we have hot dogs and play games and, and sit around and talk. So it's that friendliness. It's that welcomeness. That I've had younger people say to me, I had such a wonderful childhood in East Palestine. It was such a great place to grow up. And um, they want that for their children. And when people say to me, well, why, why are you running again when you know, you know, this is tough and it's going to continue to be tough for a while. But the, when I had to run the first time for election, someone was helping me collect signatures on a petition. And a friend called me and said, I wasn't sure how to handle this. I didn't want to push anyone. And I said, well, that's understandable. This should be voluntary. 
But the gentleman, she went to a household and was a gentleman and his wife, and he had macular degeneration. And he was determined he would sign the petition. And his wife held it up to the side. Yeah. Because that's the only way you can see is peripheral vision yeah. when you have macular degeneration. Mm -hmm. But he was determined to sign the petition. Yeah. That's why you do this. Mm -hmm. For people like that. For people like him. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for coming in. Is there thank any closing statements you want to oh, make? Or I any? just so appreciate you having me uh, do this. It's just a way to communicate to people. I really, really hope that people will contact me. If you don't use email, my email is on the East Palestine Village page, or you can call the village office and they will relay a message to me. And I'd like to talk to people. I'd like to hear what are you interested in? What are you concerned about? How, how can we help you? What do you think is going right? What, what could be better? Mm -hmm. And we do have different demographics. We've got the students, we've got families, young families, middle-aged people. We've got senior citizens like myself. What do you think the community needs? And in some cases, I'd like to hear what, could, how could you help? Because we've got so many talented people here. Mm -hmm. And some of them we've lived among for years and we don't know that they have that talent. And we need we need to tap into that so that people feel that they are included, that they are indeed part of this community. All right. Well, very good. Thank, Thank you. you. I want to thank you, Linda, for taking the time to talk to my listeners about your decision to run for city council. I am sure they enjoyed learning about you and your reasons for entering the political world. As I do with all the candidates, I wish you the best of luck in your campaign. Thank you all for listening and check back next Tuesday for another Claybrook Chat with Barb. Happy trails to you all. <music>